0: And he was like, oh, I have a parasocial relationship with you guys. You've never met me, but I watch all your episodes and I feel like uh, I sort of know you through that. And it was very interesting the way I felt about that in the moment because I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you're our friend, right? Like I immediately felt like it was much more of a two-way relationship then historically I have seen people talk about parasocial relationships Well, relationship. more than you
1: would expect, right?
0: And so then I begin to reflect on the people I know when they talk about their fans, do they have a relationship where they genuinely feel an emotional connection to them, even when they haven't personally talk to somebody they just meet someone and this one's like oh i'm a big fan of your work and they're immediately like oh yeah we're gonna get along or do they sort of recoil at that so then what is your thesis on what was causing this divide would you like to know more
1: so malcolm i am so afraid right now
0: (laughs) for what reason
1: the imagine there's like a monster or like a murderer outside outside your room just outside and that feeling, that feeling, or like like your worst enemy or like your boss or something is like right outside your your door, just waiting and, for you.
0: So this is because there is a mess outside her door. There's
1: a mess. I can, I can hear it. We got all of this that. stuff
0: from my mom after she died and we've been putting it away. And Simone just always reacts this way to messes, where mm. it's this existential sort of constant hatred and dread by the way Simone speaking of messes and and I get added the longer we're in a relationship I get new little tasks I have to do so I took shower before this podcast and now I have to squeegee the walls of the shower after I do it so hard stains don't I I don't know if this is a task that anyone else has to do for their wife I have not heard of this as a part of regular life maintenance
1: if you have hard water it is to hard water.
0: We have a whole system to help with the hard water.
1: Come and it's on. not enough. It's not enough. It gets the glass all smudgy and gross and cloudy. And I don't want that. But yeah, anyway, we're not going to talk about shower.
0: What, what, what inspired this podcast was a particular. So we're going to be at this Natalist conference. We're not the ones running it. A lot of people think we're the ones running it. No, another group is running it. Actually, they've got some some canceled people among them. So it will be spicier, I think, than a lot of things that we might put together ourselves. And we were talking to one of the people who was running it, but who we hadn't met yet. And he was like, oh, I feel like I already know you. Like, like I have a parasocial relationship with you guys. You've never met me, but I watch all your episodes and I feel like uh, I sort of know you through that. And it was very interesting the way I felt about that in the moment because I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you're our friend, right? Like, I immediately felt like it was much more of a two-way relationship than historically I have seen (coughs) people talk about parasocial relationships. Well, more than you
1: would expect, right? Like, when, yeah, when someone says, like, we feel like we have a parasocial relationship with you, we're like, oh, so, like, one, you don't hate us for our views. Two, like we're on the same page with some weird ideas. Like we've, we've sort of- Yeah, but I, some... what I want
0: to get into here, Simone, mm-hmm. is why, because then I started thinking about, you know, Simone and I, I, I guess with guests we've had on and stuff like that, people can tell that we hang out in circles with lots of really high profile online celebrities and, and, and also IRL celebrities. And so then I begin to reflect on the people I know when they talk about their fans- do they have a relationship where like they really like the relationship they have with their their, their fans? Like they, they genuinely feel an emotional connection to them, even when they haven't personally talked to somebody. They just meet someone and this one's like, oh, I'm a big fan of your work. And they're immediately like, oh, yeah, we're going to get along. Or do they sort of recoil at that? And when we started doing this, Simone, you came up with like a really good heuristic for the group that would be like, Yes, I get along really well. So so we can, we can begin to lay this out. So I see people who get along, like who had to think very fondly of their fans are people like Razeeb Khan. And then when we think about our friends who are celebrities who have the most antagonism to our their fans, who would like, obviously we couldn't say names because of that, but they're generally like pop celebrities, I guess I'd say. Like people who are really famous, but was a
1: really, really wide audience. Well, a wider, more mainstream audience, I would say yeah like, so the, the people we know who are niche celebrities tend to be much more in sync with their fans and if someone doesn't if they've never spoken with someone but someone knows their work and really gets it like they typically get on pretty well
0: yeah so then what is it that you your your thesis on what was causing this divide
1: yeah, I think that that niche celebrities are much more likely to be genuinely themselves and that's why one they're, mm-hmm. they're still niche. Like I think that when you get to a certain level of mainstream appeal, you you aren't exactly allowed to be yourself anymore. Like you have to I I I'm going to push back on that, but let me, you know, make my point okay. is is you it you're not mean. allowed you you basically have to like appeal to more mainstream tastes and views, kind of like politicians being forced to go toward the center to get more electorate when they're running for office. And so by doing that, you basically stop becoming yourself. And so when someone has a parasocial relationship with you in, in a more mainstream context, it isn't actually you because you've had to compromise who you actually are to appeal to more mm-hmm. people. Now tell me why you don't think- No, so I think you're to...
0: totally wrong about that. So I think mm-hmm. your first point was correct. I think your second point was just so nonsense. So- And unfortunately, I have to talk around this for our audience because Simone always gets mad if I like, like Razib, I know he wouldn't care. Like, we've done, he's posted pictures with us and stuff in the past. I know he wouldn't care. But like other people we know, I have to sort of talk around when I'm trying to come up with examples. But we know people who have a mainstream audience appeal, Simone that are very much themselves within that audience. There are and exceptions. Not... There
1: are exceptions. They're unusual. Like and Donald Trump, I'm not... sure, is one of those people. He's like, ex- we don't out. know Donald Trump, but like he is definitely someone who seems like himself all the time.
0: Right. And and he is someone who when people go up and they're like, I am a fan of your work, you can even see it in his eyes. He may not know that person, but they light up and he feels a genuine sense of kinship with the individual.
1: I agree. I agree. Because he
0: is publicly... Who he really is?
1: But I would say that is a minority, a vast minority. Well, actually, now I'm going to
0: point point out a different thing that you might not be thinking about. Okay. We also know people who are niche online celebrities who hate their fans. I can think of two examples off the top of my head. I can't give names, Simone. I know you
1: can't give names. Angry
0: at me. Yeah, I don't want to risk it in editing or something like that. I'm just going to say there are two examples that I know for a fact do not I hate like their
1: fans, their fans
0: and feel like they they seem to get a little afraid when they meet people in public who are their fans. And both of them put on fake personalities. Okay, so, so you
1: just you just yeah. Well, okay, well, but okay, I would also say then at least. The odds. So if you were looking at a sample of a hundred mainstream famous people and you were looking at a sample of hundred niche famous people. Here's where I you're making think...
0: the mistake. Here's where you're making the mistake. You're thinking about historic celebrities. Going forwards, if you look at celebrities that rose to fame in the last
1: 10 years. Yeah, they're much more niche. But I also think that we're seeing the death of the mainstream celebrity. I I don't think we're just going to see that many mainstream, like, broad, broad for everyone, celebrities anymore. The reason
0: why you used to have this trend is the same thing that you learned when you went to the political consulting campaign. And they're like, well, the first thing you need to do is to delete all of your social media history so no one can ever find out anything weird or unusual or particular, you know, that you've ever said. Um, These people were catering to like the way that boy bands used to become famous and the way that, you know, any of these corporately engineered stars became famous. But today there's a lot of stars that rise to fame simply through appealing directly to an audience and Mm -hmm. there's been different ways that people have done that so one of the things that you pointed out to me and this may help you better picture you you know famous (laughs) people who really don't like their fans are like mommy bloggers where they have to put on this veneer of being very perfect
1: and not stressed and together and and
0: not stressed and yeah like nothing's going on wrong in their life and this causes them to have cognitive dissonance Around their interactions with people who say that they like them and really interestingly when they meet someone probably the reason why the reaction is so viscerally negative with these individuals is the cognitive dissonance they experience with every individual who's like I really feel like I have a connection to you Mm -hmm. is that they don't like. Th- they are not the person that person has a connection
1: to. Mm, right, right, right. And yeah, yeah, I think a lot of when people get angry is when they, pers- like per- at least for me, like mostly whenever you see me angry and you think it's at you, it's because I'm mad at myself. <laughs> that- so that actually makes a lot of sense. And I also think maybe a lot of the the discomfort with meeting fans is like maybe they will discover it's a lie. Which could also. I don't even terrifying. think
0: that's it. I think it's like the fan has a connection with an avatar of yourself that is better than who you really are, oh. and that see that too. highlights your own flaws as an individual. Mm. Um, so that's one way it could cause emotional pain. Another way is that it's just, and this is a thing with our friends who are just like publicly, I, I would call like media engineered type famous. Mm-hmm. Um, they they typically have just completely personalities than you would expect. So when you, like, if you get to know, like, a, a generic, I'd say, like, let's say boy band celebrity or something like that, right? Their actual in-person personalities are often just, like, entirely different than what you would think from their public personality. Hmm. Which is, which is interesting because, like, when I think about the person who we're thinking about, their in-person personality is actually incredibly educated and erudite and sophisticated and, like, really deep into, like, you know, whether it's, like, AI or, or, or genetics or, like, all of the stuff that, like, we talk about on this, like, like, our sort of personality group, right? And yet publicly they would be thought of as just, like, another ditzy celebrity. And, and I think that that would cause me a lot of pain if when I met someone and they were like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm a huge, like, I feel like I already have a relationship with you. And the person that they had a relationship with opposite these other like mommy bloggers types where the person they have a relationship with is actually better than who they really are is actually mm. so much less than what they really are.
1: Yeah, that might make me
0: feel, yeah, pretty brutally, you know, every time that happened in the way that it made me feel. And especially if they just like, totally politically misjudge what your actual views are and stuff like that. And 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 they're almost signaling themselves as like the polar opposite of the real you,
1: hmm. which
0: I think is really interesting. But then the, the question is, and this is an interesting question for you, do you think we'll maintain this? Because you had the thesis that, okay, if you get big enough, you eventually or your image begins to disconnect from who you really are.
1: I think if I we're acting in isolation. That would totally happen. Cause I just don't, I'm, 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 I would say not ever really acting myself when I'm in a group, like in person with other people, right? Like I'm that One of the reasons why we're sitting in separate rooms is I'm much more likely to be honest and myself and unfiltered if I'm in a, loo- or like a room by myself. So- the reason, by the way, is that she is an AI
0: iteration of myself. <laughs> I just do the same thing twice and then apply a filter. Um, <laughs> um, there was actually a, a conspiracy theory about us a while ago. One of the earlier times we went viral. And the, the, the theory went, this was on Reddit, that we were actually the same person because we were rarely in like the same picture. And this this series would only bolster that, and it is easily the my favorite conspiracy theory about us. They, they said that it is impossible that somebody this weird exists in duplicate. Like they seem to hold a lot of the same ideas, and nobody holds those ideas. So how could two people meet each other who happen to be weird in exactly the same way?
1: Yeah, my my. Or, the theory. it was more like oh that's it was it was they were commenting on a picture of us in the article and and they were saying that's not really the pronatalists those are models that are posing as them and i'm like that mean, is that's my favorite they go that's not
0: really ever it, it was like that scene in clueless when she thinks like the business women and they're like oh they're all actually models and they were mm-hmm. trying to sound like smart and dismissive they're like ugh. Those there's there's people pictured in that article. Don't you know that's not actually the pronatalist couple? That's just like a theory of what models posing of the pronatalist couple might look like. That's hilarious. And, and talking about like a and I I couldn't have if, when somebody is trying to hurt you, right? Like they're trying to insult you. And yet they say something that is so profoundly so complimentary. Nice. So nice. Anyway, you know that they were trying to belittle the movement by saying that we were real people. We were
1: yeah, model. but anyway, Malcolm, if, if you on. On. if you to were to cry. go mainstream famous, I, don't, I think you would not change at all. You would go like full Trump or full Elon Musk. Like those are people who have gone mainstream famous who like, give zero shits. Well, like, they change nothing about themselves. I,
0: I think you're right. And 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 I would say that it is very interesting. If you look at on this channel, the older videos, the really old videos, like you search for the oldest videos on the channel, because we've been using someone's YouTube channel forever, you know, and you
1: very but, cruelly do not let me delete those videos. <laughs> no,
0: I do not. I love those videos. They <laughs> represent a different time in your life, but you can see Her personality comes off as much more of somebody who was beginning to model their personality and identity off of online influencers in these early sort of solo videos you did. Um, Watch them again, someone; It's very interesting.
1: My, My social mode is just like any LLM. It is reinforcement learning based. I just did what I got. Yeah, but if you look at
0: older videos with me and them, and I might even upload some of those because we had a a different channel that I still haven't taken down that we had some videos on, but like we got to figure out how to consolidate them. I don't know. But
1: you've was, always been you. You should even take yeah. stuff from high school where you're like, you know, it's all still you. I come
0: it's, it's off as a that. very similar energy to the energy I have today. And and I find that interesting is is it that I'm sort of like an anchor personality that draws you in and allows you to fix your personality because you're using me as an anchor.
1: You're an additional modeling factor that changes how I behave in public, but Mm -hmm. I will never be myself in public because I hate being in public. So if I'm actually being myself in public, Myself, being myself in public is running the fuck away from public. It is leaving the room. So I can't like be honest and still be in a group of people because if I'm not lying and acting like I'm okay, then mm-hmm. I'm not there, right?
0: No, I agree with that. But I feel like in these videos, you very much act like yourself.
1: Yeah, because but- I'm in a room by myself right now. <laughs> it's great. It's perfect. This is no no
0: threats on. other than the big looming mess outside your door. God, though. No. Sorry, Instagram. Yeah.
1: I didn't forget.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, and they, they yeah, this is interesting for me. And I really wonder, you know, going forwards with our fans, if this is something that changes. Like do our personalities compromise going forwards? And what would how can we, you know, I mean, I do want to be the type of person who's still capable of like changing my mind when I get new information or have new ideas. I never you want You're think.
1: still going to be there's like the, the bigger question is, like, if someone held a gun to our, our heads, would you actually be able to not be you? And, and probably not. It would be the death of you. Like, there is no world in which you can convincingly go mainstream. <laughs> so don't worry about it. You'll never sell out. That's one thing I love about well- you.
0: Okay, here's a question I have for you. Okay. Let's do some theory crafting on individuals who are famous who we don't know, whether or not they're showing their genuine Ooh,
1: okay. Because hmm. I think what's really
0: interesting is the way a person reacts when they meet fans, like a generic fan, can, if our theory is right, it can tell you. Okay,
1: that. so Bill Murray is himself.
0: Oh, my God. You should mention Bill Murray. I happen to know Bill Murray as himself. Because Bill Murray goes to, so this is a celebrity that I do know, but only from stories. So Bill Murray goes to this golf championship thing. What's what's it called? The St. Andrews Open or whatever. Where like you you do golf. So you knew about
1: it because you were at St. Andrews at the time.
0: So I was a student at St. Andrews. And so one of the things that he was known for is even in my house, because my house used to be a, a party house before I, I moved in, and but I was really good friends with the people who did it. So they would host big parties every night and he was the type of guy who would just walk in off the street because he saw a party happening and, and hang out and they were joking that he would like do the dishes after the party, like insist on doing the dishes for the entire party afterwards. And I'm like, that's somebody who's just so genuinely loves the way that like people they don't know engage with them based on their public persona. And so the opposite of a celebrity who's sort of hiding away from the public. Yeah,
1: celebrities don't like crash parties, but Bill Murray... Seeing
0: someone on the street and being like, hey, you're a student, can I come to your house for the party tonight? Yeah. Yeah." Every
1: story I've ever heard about Bill Murray is like so based and I love it. So he's definitely one of those people. Um, And that's a good
0: example of a very public person. And, and yeah, and through seeing stuff like this. So like, based on this theory, I would have been able to take that story that I knew about Bill Murray, Mm -hmm. and then say he probably is very much who he is in public in person. Yeah. Um, Whereas I wonder somebody like, well, actually, this is why I suspect Hillary Clinton seems to come off so jilted when she's talking to people at like uh, conferences. You mean stilted? Yeah, yeah, like she doesn't connect in the same way that Trump does because mm-hmm. she isn't obviously feeding positive emotions mm. from somebody saying, like, I know you. Like a, a very interesting meeting is the Nick Fuentes Trump meeting. You can read about like what was actually going on during that meeting and the aide who was like trying to protect Trump from this. And he was clearly <laughs> just loving that this person liked him and, and was engaged with the things that he was saying. Whereas I, I don't think that you would get that same sort of just like, Cancel all my meetings. I'm with somebody who likes me. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: no shit. From,
0: from, from, uh, but here's a question I have for you. What do you think of Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson? I'm thinking of like conservative intellectual people who are really high up. Do you think that they are really themselves?
1: I think Andrew Tate is himself. I think they both are themselves. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about, yeah. I mean, Jordan Peterson probably is I, I don't know enough, like, but when you look at the way that Andrew Tate set up his entire lifestyle, like that, that he lived with all his cam girls and stuff, like you don't do that. Like if, if you have a double life and you're hiding as, as like your real personality, you don't make your life, your celebrity life, but Tate's celebrity life was his life. And he like yeah he's he is yeah himself. so
0: i'm actually argue he's probably in an interesting scenario hmm. so i don't think anyone can 24 7 be who andrew tates pretends to be i
1: no man i i legit think that
0: you think he's he a human being capable of maintaining frame 24 7 yes
1: because i think he he like it is it is his his reason for a living like everything's about like I am so tough. And he wakes up in the morning and I am so tough. And like that, no, I, I really think like he lives for that more than fame, more than wealth or anything. It is it is that vision. I think it is it is the beating heart. The he vision. is trying
0: to create like a piece of art, an aesthetic vision with every aspect of how he interacts with reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like Barbie in the Barbie movie before she got weird. Just 100% living the living that I, I
0: love this with andrew tate being like barbie from the barbie movie he is. Up, is doing his thing you yeah
1: know. no no what like 100 percent? no I, I i think it's all genuine i i don't think he slips i don't think i don't think for him it is not maintaining frame because he is the frame like i just i, I can't emphasize this enough I feel, I feel like he's the real deal okay, and okay. He, he monetizes that you know he makes it he makes it seem like to other men that that's that's achievable to them when it's not, it's just his neurotype. But when you look at also like genetically, like his father, like his genetic inheritance, I feel like it's literally like in his, in his dunna to be like that. Okay. It's done. No, you
0: listen to the stories from his father and I don't know if these are made up or anything like that, but they are very much that his father invented the philosophy he lives by and not himself.
1: Well, his father was a very, like, aggressive chess champion. It just, like, I it just, it, it, it's in his family. It's his, like, entire genetic line, I think, to, to act like that. So he is the real deal. Who, who else? Who's, who's not? Who do we have, like, evidence of super not the, the public image they...
0: Well, I mean, so many celebrities complain about their fans. I think literally any celebrity that complains about their fans is probably not.
1: Yeah. Uh, and this is
0: something you see sort of across stuff. Uh, okay. Here's a great example Megan
1: and Harry, I guess. Are I was going to say,
0: if we're talking about online celeb- celebrities. I yeah. Think it's Lindsay Ellis.
1: I don't, I don't know who that is well enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Lindsay Ellis is the girl who was like the female film critic. Oh, the film. The nostalgia chick. Yes, there was a nostalgia critic who's a famous guy on YouTube, and then he hired Mm. her to be like a female version of himself Mm. for like when that was necessary in videos. And then she spun off and did her own thing, and now she's like she gets in fights with her. So she got in a big fight with a bunch of fans recently, and it's been this huge thing. And I get the impression because she really seems to be sort of antagonistic with her fans these days that she was always sort of putting on a a fake facade.
1: And Illuminati was that for sure. Gandhi? Illuminati on YouTube.
0: Oh, Illuminati! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely another one. Yeah. I actually think it's much more common on the progressive side of things. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think it's more common amongst progressive niche influencers mm-hmm. is because the social rules that the progressive ideal of a person puts on the way people need to appear publicly. They're unsustainable. That you're almost always lying about something about how you live. Yeah. You you cannot indulge in your flaws and still be liked by your community. You know, I think that we admit many things personally here or things that we have done in the past, which demonstrate that like we are okay with accepting our flaws Uh, mm -hmm. and that we like don't mind them and that our community isn't going to hate us for that. Like I, you know, I can you can mention things you've sought in the past. I can mention, you know, things I've done in the past, and and we don't really get that negatively judged. Whereas I think that within that community, you would be.
1: Yeah. Well, even for, you know, having the, the wrong reactions to something, a wrong opinion. But no, who are who are other mainstream, I guess, like every celebrity who reacts poorly in public, who, you know, like there's so many Reddit threads, which is like, oh, like Reddit, tell us stories when you've met celebrities. And then there's all the people who are like, oh, this person was a dick at a restaurant. I guess it's kind of along those lines.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation to me, Simone, because I think it provides information on, yeah, how, how you can see the world. And another story that I was going to tell with Trump, which is interesting to me, is if you talk about somebody not really changing, one of, I think, the most telling things about Trump is a lot of progressives will try to paint him as like an actual racist. And it's like, if you look at the history of a lot of progressive online influencers today, Mm -hmm. you will find that they have said like actually racist stuff in their youth, that they use the N word and stuff like that, like in their rise to fame. You look at Trump when he's on like Howard Stern from like 30 years ago. How did he never say once anything explicitly racist? Like, do you think this is a man with self-control? Do you think this is a man who is capable of like tactically putting out even a fake personality? And I think that that's been part of his saving grace is he lacks the tactical self-restraint to persistently and over the long-term put out a fake personality, but hmm. instead indulges in who he really is. And in many yeah, ways, so much people would traditionally think of as the flaws of a personality yeah. uh, that he really indulges in.
1: That's interesting. Huh? Yeah. Well, um, looks like a you've got a good future ahead of you then Malcolm.
0: Well, let's hope. Let's hope we, we, they the political consultants so don't make us take down all our social media posts.
1: We won't listen to them and we're not going to hire them anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you.
1: I love you too.